You are listening to episode 92 of Exit the Drinking Life and Beyond podcast. This is the episode where we continue in our series of the information I have learned from BJ Fogg's book, Tiny Habits. We're moving in to the motivation piece on this episode. Stay tuned. Welcome to Exit the Drinking Life podcast. I'm thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Debbie Tauber, creator of the Exit Methodology, advocate for living your best and most intentional life, and alcohol freedom coach. This podcast is for you if you have big dreams and aspirations, but you've begun to notice that just maybe your current drinking patterns are getting in the way. Inside the podcast, we'll dive into a modern-day approach that can help you move away from shame and blame when it comes to what you're drinking and finally take the driver's seat of your life again. It's time to exit the drinking life. Hey, my friends, welcome back to the podcast. This episode is a continuation of the four-part series I have put together and decided to design into the podcast and based upon what I learned and what I continue to learn as a Tiny Habits Certified Coach, as well as information from the book, BJ Fogg's book, Tiny Habits, The Small Changes That Change Everything. Okay. And so that's the basis for this four-part series is the information that I learned in the book. And then also what I have been discovering and learning the more I apply this work to my own self and in my own life, and as well as what I bring into the space of working with my clients, right? Because the more I support them in learning how to implement BJ Fogg's behavior model, and also utilizing the behavior change master plan, right? Along with the exit strategy, this is how I've been able to create these massive transformations in my own life and live life in an epic way and work towards and be on that journey and love the experience of living an epic life and creating that poem for myself, right? That long, uh, exciting, informative, interesting, thrilling, poetic event, right? An adventure. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. And so I really wanted to dig a little bit deeper into the motivation aspect on today's episode because the motivation itself is the uh, most fickle As B.J. Fogg talks about it in his book, he describes it as the most fickle. And so I am learning a lot as I work with myself and my clients around this motivation piece. I'm not able to bring it all into the episode and to the podcast, right? However, I do want to bring it in to help you to learn about some of your exit, right? Leave everything behind moments, like come this way, exit, leave everything kind of moments. And so I want to kind of bring some of that in around motivation and help you with how you may have in the past 
thought about applying motivation to support yourself in untangling the overdrinking behavior or even implementing new and different habits into your life, right? So for those of you who may not have heard the episodes yet, episode 90 is sharing about the exit strategy and what that actually is and how you can let that support you on this journey. And then episode 92, ah, episode 91 is the one that goes in the overview. So it's really giving you the broad view an overview of the BJ Fogg's behavior model, the Fogg behavior model, and then also inside the Tiny Habits book, the Behavior Change Master Plan that's in there, and that's in the section around untangling unwanted behaviors, right? And so today's piece is all about motivation. And motivation itself alone is the most unreliable way to help ourselves to do a behavior or to stop an unwanted behavior. Yet, it's the most commonly talked about component of the three components of human behavior. I remember the three components of human behavior that need to converge at the same time are motivation, ability, and prompt. And so when those three converge at the same time, then that really is when we will do a behavior. And so those all converging together, happening is what creates a behavior. And motivation can range anywhere from high to low. And so that's the piece that we're going to talk about right today. And this is also why motivation can be the most unreliable way is because it can range from high to low. Although motivation does happen to be the one that we hear the most about around trying to stick to habits, right? Or creating habits, going after goals, all of that kind of stuff, right? It's the one we hear the most about, like setting rewards and creating incentives are going to support us in some way to do a certain behavior and achieve a goal, right? And so terms like carrot and stick can come into the play there too. But the reality is, When it comes to human behavior, motivation is the most complex piece of the three. The motivation is really can, in in BJ Fogg talks about it in really detail inside the book. But I just want to kind of go on an overview of it. And I do highly recommend getting this book. But so the motivation is the most complex piece of the three. And the more I study this, and the more I work with my own clients, the more I notice how our thoughts impact our motivation. And if you remember from previous episodes and other episodes, I talk a lot about how uh, the observation cycle where something happens, and then we have a thought, then we have a feeling, and then we take actions, right? And so really this observation cycle, there's something that happens in the human behaviors aspect that could actually be our prompt. If we really think about this and look at this model, the uh, uh, something happening, the circumstance that happened could be the prompt because then that's leading us to a thought. And so motivation itself can come from three sources, ourselves, something that we already want, 
and then the other source is a benefit or a punishment you'd receive by doing the action or not doing the action, right? And then the third source is an outside source altogether, like our friends, like our friends are doing it, right? And so understanding how a thought creates a feeling, and then from that feeling space is how we act, react, or don't act, right? So then the thought in there can be leading to the motivation and the ability piece. If it's easy to do, right, then with that prompt that we have, that is going to cause us to go over to action line, and that is going to cause us to behave in a certain way. And so by tying these two in together and understanding how it is a thought that we're having that's really impacting the things, how we're thinking about something can help support us into being the boss of our brain, right? The boss of that motivation piece and that retraining our brain too with our thoughts that we may have about alcohol, which is where the exit strategy piece comes in of examine, explore, and experiment, right? And then Xing out certain thoughts and then even igniting curiosity around stuff and trusting ourselves to figure things out. And then also where motivation comes in here is sometimes with motivation, more than one of these three sources can lead to in, be a part of the motivation pat factor in there. And that's how we end up with competing motivations. Because we may have this thought and this motivation to, for ourselves, we want to do something about what's going on between ourselves and alcohol, right? Like in my own story, when I noticed that I was the person that had consumed that half a gallon of Jameson, right? Then is when I realized that my motivation was very high to do something about this because I also knew logically if I kept doing that, physically my body was going to end up in a place that I really didn't want it to be in, right? But then on the other side that was competing with it was my brain was very trained to want to go along with the crowd and be like my friends and be like other people. So I was struggling with, but then I wouldn't be normal, right? Quote, unquote, normal. And so in that, in my own story, you can see how this competing motivations would take place. And so that's very much a piece of what happens when we're in this struggle, when we're in the drink, we overdrink, then we go into that leading ourselves into shame and into blame ourselves, right? And then from that space, we're not really able to make any kind of the changes that we want because we are really literally competing against ourselves, right? And so this understanding the observation cycle and knowing, oh, okay, this is coming from something that I'm thinking, right? And so how can I shift up and what can I do? Where can I explore with shifting up a thought? And so what I want to give you are some thoughts, some questions, right? Because I've come up with some questions. So this is going to be like your oxygen mask tactic. Are these nine questions that I've come up with to help support you to do that piece of igniting your curiosity?
So that's really what I want you to think about in these nine questions that I'm going to share with you next, because that's really going to support you in helping you with this motivation piece and really becoming the boss of your brain in sort of quote unquote outsmarting the motivation part of it, right? But then also next week when we go into ability, I'm going to share with you about the ability chain and then also the BJ Fogg has his behavior swarm idea practice, right? And so this is really going to support you because once you understand the ability piece and some questions to ask yourself and then the pieces of the ability chain, that's also going to help you put the pieces together to where what would make this easier for me to do kind of thing. So right now, understanding that motivation is coming from three sources. So I'm going to recap this first before I give you the questions. So the motivation is coming from three sources, right? Motivation comes from ourselves, something that we already want to do, or it comes from a benefit or a punishment you'd receive by not doing the action, right? Or it comes from an outside source, which is that all of our friends are doing it or everyone we're hanging around with are doing it. And so this can also come from the outside source in the alcohol world of what we think and believe that alcohol is helping us avoid, right? And so that's a part of where we do a lot of the habit of uncovering and bringing in awareness of what we're actually thinking about alcohol. And that supports us in that piece there. So next, what I'm going to do is share with you the oxygen mass strategy of these empowering questions to help support you in this. Imagine changing what you drink, exiting that cycle of drinking, over drinking, while you fall in love with your flossom self. This truly is possible for you. The most successful alcohol interruption workshop is open for enrollment. A chance to create a better future, transform your relationship with yourself, and learn to exit the drinking life with confidence. This six-week workshop will teach you, inspire you, and connect you to peers doing the same work you are. In as little as 20 minutes a day, it's possible to achieve freedom. Interested? Go over to jumpseatcoaching.com forward slash freedom and start the conversation. Now we are going to be diving in to the nine questions that I've put together. And by asking empowering questions, we are allowing ourselves to come up with creative and inspiring answers. So the first question is, what am I thinking? And now why do we want to ask this question? Because awareness is everything. Transformation and change happens on the other side of awareness. And when we're understanding that it's a thought that's creating how I'm feeling and that feeling is causing my behavior, right, or my actions, right, And so if it's and our motivation is being impacted by something we're thinking, by asking ourselves, what am I thinking, that also puts the power back onto yourself, right? And empowers you. The next question is, what am I choosing to think about this? 
what am I choosing? And, or you could even mix in, why am I choosing to think this about this, right? And so this gives the responsibility for what we're thinking back to us, because that's the piece where we have our total control. And when we realize and remembering to do all of these from the aspect of observation instead of judging ourselves, right? So this is around opening up and igniting curiosity, bringing in the aspect of observation, Next question, the third one, how does this thought feel? And then what this does is gives you the awareness, if it doesn't feel great, then am I willing to open myself up to no longer thinking it, right? And so really letting you open up and igniting your curiosity around that. The fourth question, what is the thought that's causing the way I feel right now? Right. And again, this is an ideal question for self-awareness. And this also brings in that piece of awareness. Okay. And so then the fifth question is, how do I want to feel? Remember that we're in charge of how we want to feel. Our feelings are coming from something that we're thinking. And we always, always have control of our thoughts. All right, the sixth question is, what are they, and this would be the other person, thinking that makes them do that? And what this does, by asking ourselves that, it immediately helps shift our perspective. So that when we can open up to realizing we aren't the ones in charge of other people's thoughts or feelings, right? They are. And by letting ourselves ask this question, we can immediately support ourselves in shifting our perspective. And the next question is, what can I learn from this? And this allows us to open up and to grow. The eighth question is, what is the solution to this problem, right? And this puts the brain to work on solving the problem, right? And so this really puts brings us back into power and into a more motivated space too. And then the last question is, what is the good news? And what this does is helps this to help us uncover a world of endless possibility, right? And so this is actually one of those exit, leave everything behind moments here with this question, because we're not really accustomed to asking ourselves, even in challenging situations, what is the good news? Or in unwanted situations, what is the good news? How could this be a benefit for me? So those are the questions that I have for you. I'm really wanting to start encouraging you to take what you're learning here on the podcast to the next level and really start applying some of this into your life. And for those of you finding this to be beneficial, I would love it if you would follow the podcast and rate it as well as leave a review because by leaving a review, this allows others to find us and allows the podcast episodes to be more available, more accessible out there in the world and allow others to find us. So this is whether you do this on iTunes, whether you're on Spotify, whether you're listening on Amazon, wherever it is you're listening, when you have the ability to, to write a review, I would love it if you would share your thoughts around the podcast. Have an awesome week, and I will be back next week with the episode on ability.
Thank you so much for listening to Exit the Drinking Life podcast. I hope this episode has helped you move away from drinking shame and blame and instead into confidence and full belief that the life you desire is within your reach. You are not alone. I have been exactly where you are right now. If you have enjoyed this episode, please take a second to hit the follow button so you never miss a future episode. And leave a review to help me reach more listeners just like you looking to break away from the toxic cycle of drinking and discover a healthier approach that leads to a life full of abundance and happiness. If you want to take what you've learned here to the next level, head over to jumpseatcoaching.com for more resources and tools. See you back here on the next episode.